This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I'm Dylan Hafer, it's Thursday You already know what it is, we're back Got, got lots to talk about, double reunions Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Real Housewives of Miami There. There's a lot going on. There's there's outfits. There's drama. There's yelling. There's crying. There's there's so much and more. First, though, there is an interesting update in the continued legal saga of Erica Jane. Much as she would like us all to think that her legal situation is over and done with and she has been declared victorious, things, things are still working their way through the court system. And she was actually dealt a, a pretty interesting setback this week because the lawsuit that has been filed against her and and others by Chris Pasila, who if you if you have followed this at all or or not, whatever, Chris Pasila is one of the guys who runs Marco Marco, the the design designer that had made a lot of Erica's costumes and things. And basically there was this lawsuit alleging that Erica and American Express had had accused him of stealing this money and charge overcharging her for things and he ended up in jail for a while. It's a whole thing. I got into this a lot more a couple weeks ago on the Pop Crime podcast with uh, my good friend Kiki Monique when the Housewife and the Hustler documentary part two came out. So if you want more background on that story, uh, go listen to that podcast episode. It's 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 a little more of a deep dive. Kiki is truly just like the <laughs> she knows everything about everything when it comes to this kind of stuff. But what happened this week is that there was a ruling in a federal court where Erica's motion to dismiss the lawsuit was denied. So basically, uh, there's this thing called uh, anti-slap, and it's um, strategic lawsuits against public participants. Basically, if if you're a public figure and people are filing, filing frivolous lawsuits against you, you can, you know, basically contest that and try to have them dismissed. So that's what Erica tried to do. And the court ruled this week that this is not one of those lawsuits and that there are, are grounds for this case. So that means that this is going to trial. We're getting a trial. We've we've had a lot of hearings, we've had a lot of motions, we've had a lot of filings. We have not seen uh, Miss Erica Jane takes the stand. It's about to be Chicago the musical for real. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if we're going to get to see this on next season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills cuz Erica seems pretty committed to the uh housewives reality of her having won all of her legal battles, but this is not over for her and this is something that is pretty separate from the issues that have gone on with Tom in terms of bankruptcy and, you know, the fraud and the victims and all of that. This is kind of a a little bit of a, a different lane. And so I think it's very, uh, 
very interesting that this is is going to go to trial and we will we will keep an eye on that because um I don't know if we're going to get like courtroom looks or maybe like a, a courtroom sketch are there going to be is there going to be a sketch artist doing like portraits of Erica Jane in court that would be that would be one of the best days on the internet if we get like court a courtroom artist doing do you remember when there was that trial a couple of years ago where it was black china and the kardashians suing each other and we were getting these exquisite courtroom artwork pieces of black china and chris jenner and kim kardashian like just looking like cartoon villains in the courtroom that we need we need erica jane in like full reunion glam hitting up the the trial and we need sketches of it or something i don't know but but can there be cameras Actually, no, I don't want sketches because I want there to be cameras. We can have both. I don't know how that works. Uh, But let's talk about the Beverly Hills reunion because it did sort of a, you know, it ties in nicely to what's going on with Erica. Even though Erica's legal battle, not really a topic of of conversation at the reunion. She's feeling the best she's felt in a few years. She she gives Andy a little bit of uh, a hard time for his... uh, skewering of her in the past, you know, his words, putting her on the rotisserie and holding her up to the flame. I mean, look, I, <laughs> Andy's job is to create a, an, an entertaining television show. And, you know, maybe he crosses a line every now and then. Maybe he allegedly does a little cocaine with some of the housewives. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about today. This reunion starts before we even get out to the stage. There is this drama happening over a text that Kyle has sent to Dorit the day before the reunion taping, basically saying, hey girl, I know that things have been a little bit weird between us. I'm paraphrasing. But nobody else knows that. So why do they need to know that? So maybe we could just not bring it up at the reunion. And then we can, I would love to meet with you after the reunion and, you know, just hash everything out and get back to a good place. But Maybe we could just like keep it on the back burner for tomorrow. Nobody needs to know. Kyle Marie Richards. I don't know her middle name. Kyle. I'm sorry. Okay. So there has been now a whole conversation, a whole debate. People are weighing in about whether it was fucked up of Dorit to share this text with production and and on the show and she's showing it to Erica and it comes up out on the stage. I care a lot less about Dorit passing along a text to production, which happens all the time on these shows. I care a lot less about that than the fact that Kyle clearly didn't want this to be on the show. I get that there are some personal things that are fine to be kept off the show. You know, if you're dealing with a health issue that you don't feel ready to share or you're going through something legally that it's it's not wise for you to talk about. I get it. That happens all the time. You you're saying that your friendship with Dorit is essentially only existing on the show. Kyle is out here talking about how how many times have we gone to lunch when there's not a camera count on one hand. We've only gone on one trip together. It was blown out of proportion. X, Y, Z. So if this friendship only really exists in the context of the show, according to you, then what grounds do you have for not sharing the issue in that friendship on the show? 
if you don't want to talk about it on the show and you aren't in a good place with her, then just don't be friends anymore. But the idea that Kyle was so concerned that this would come up and make her look bad, I don't I don't even think it really does make Kyle look bad. And that's the weird thing with this is that I think this first part of the Beverly Hills reunion, Dorit kind of looks terrible. She's not handling her situation with Garcelle well. She's not handling her the things she said about Crystal. Like there are numerous situations where she kind of comes across like somebody who can't own up to things that she said, can't just apologize and keep it moving, can't keep her mouth shut when it would behoove her to. But the situation with Kyle, I'm like, I don't have an issue with Dorit sharing that text. I opened up TikTok the other day. Bethany's on there saying that it's like unethical of production to show up a, a private text between two cast members. I'm like, Bethany, put put a sock in it. Be for real. If you want to talk about production conditions on these shows and that people aren't being safe and, and that mental health isn't being taken into account, fine. That is, I think, is a, a noble cause. I don't know if... I don't know if I agree with the way she's going about it, but that's like a real thing, a real problem to solve. Dorit sharing a text from Kyle when they've both been on this show for years, they both know how this works. We, we can't be up in arms about this. We just find something better to care about. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to ditch those jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found Quince. Now I've got high quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Now that it's getting warmer, I just stocked up on the Quince Cotton Modal t-shirts. I love a black t-shirt that's the right balance of looking really nice, but feeling really comfortable. It's 50% cotton, 50% modal. It's lightweight. It's breathing. It has a little stretch to it, but it looks so put together. I also just stocked up on more of my favorite Quince socks because let's be honest, I am at the point in my life where I don't need to have any socks in my closet that have holes in them. I'm getting the Quince ones that are going to last me a long time. They're just the perfect staple to have in your wardrobe. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. And the best part, 
all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which I just love. Upgrade your wardrobe today. Go to quince.com mention for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot mention to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com mention. And then Miss Teddy Joe Mellencamp gets on two T's in a pod, which, you know, Teddy still getting mentioned at this reunion years since she's been off the show. And she says that Dorit sharing this text from Kyle feels like a Hail Mary for her to secure her spot on the show for another season. Basically that it's thirsty, it's desperate, it's, you know, transparent, X, Y, Z. And first of all, our friend Gibson Johns pointed out on Twitter, who on Housewives isn't trying to secure their spot for next season? That's kind of the whole game. There are some years where you might have to work a little harder. There are some years where you might have to get a little more creative to to pull a trick out up the sleeve to, you know, do something new. But every I mean, every season, everybody is working to maintain their role in the group. So, first of all, let's not shade people for showing up and trying to do their jobs. But second of all, it's not a desperate thing to to share that you have been going through something with another cast member when we come to the reunion to talk through what we've been going through with the other cast members. And also, Kyle's like, nobody knows this is happening. Whereas in the season finale last week, in their little title cards at the end, they they told us that Dorit and Kyle haven't spoken in weeks, if not months. We already knew that things weren't great between them. We watched the show this season. Nobody was under the impression that Kyle and Dorit had this like hunky-dory ho-hum friendship that was just chugging right along with no kind of bumps in the road. So I think that it I think that with Kyle we're already not getting everything that we want to get about her situation with Mauricio or quite frankly her situation with Morgan. We you know Andy jokes with her that Mauricio is going to be at the reunion and she flips out before he says he's getting. To be honest, why isn't Mauricio there? I would like to hear from him. I certainly don't feel like I got answers to all my questions during the season. Honestly, bring Morgan Wade to the reunion. You're bringing her to watch what happens live and like grabbing her ass backstage and then pretending that nothing is happening. Like bring her out. I would have been fine with Kyle having more or less a whole segment of the reunion to focus on okay let's let's get to the bottom let i wish sometimes that these producers would be we need like a a Maury Jerry Springer mindset sometimes and maybe that's not truly what we need when we're talking about like toxicity and a, a, a healthy environment on these shows i don't know what happened backstage at Jerry Springer for all those years but i imagine it could get a little chaotic but I kind of would love, I, I know we're getting the Kathy surprise. I, I hope that that's going to be something, but I would kind of live if they were like, okay, we have, we're, we have another segment. Let's bring out Mauricio and Morgan. 
like, would you die? I would die. And I think Kyle would die in a, in a different way. But like, why are we giving, why are we giving this like soft kid gloves treatment to something that I, I feel like the fans are missing out. And the fact that Kyle then not only did she does she not really want to talk about what's happening with Mauricio and with Morgan, but she also doesn't want to talk about what's happening with Dorit. It's like, what do you think you're here for? Just because you're the OG and you've been on the show all 13 seasons doesn't mean that you get to just like pick and choose your favorite two topics to cover at the reunion and that, okay, I'll chime in a little bit here and a little bit there, but I don't want to talk about this, this, this. It's not your show. And I mean, respectfully, if if Kyle doesn't want to talk about any of this stuff and she's going to sort of reveal, I, I mean, it feels kind of like a fourth wall break to be like, well, Dorit and I only ever get lunch on camera. If you don't want to pretend to be invested in these friendships, then like, why are you still on the show? Because watching the reunion, I felt like we got performances from Crystal, especially but also from from Erica, from Garcelle, from Sutton. I feel like everybody else in the group besides maybe Dorit and Kyle and I mean I'm not <laughs> I'm not living for Anna Marie, let's just say there are people that are fully bought into the reality of the show, at least enough to feel like you're not actively questioning kind of what's real and what's not when they're talking. And that's the thing. I felt like this reunion, Crystal in particular, did a really great job of sort of stepping up, holding her ground, and really kind of holding people's feet to the fire. I mean, her her stuff with Anna Marie, her stuff with Dorit, like that, it felt like she was kind of ascending to a more prominent place in the group that she, for a long time, obviously people have wanted a little bit more from her, both within the group, people have wanted more from her, watching the show, people have wanted more from her. And I think that this season was a step in the right direction. And I think that this reunion, it really feels like she is kind of coming into her own as a standalone presence on this show. And I think that if you're looking at the cast, for next season, I think this is a really weak performance from Dorit. Like I've just been talking about, I think Kyle is really picking and choosing what she wants to share in a way that is frustrating. I think Anna Marie, I, I guess I appreciate she's trying. I think really, I mean, I, I know I've been super negative on her over the course of the season, but she's giving us she's not giving us nothing and i i appreciate that i don't know that it's quite enough and you know what the interesting thing with anna marie at the beginning of this reunion andy acknowledged that she recently lost her mother she had lung cancer and anna marie got very emotional talking about this erica brought up that she was dealing with this while filming for the show i think her mom got sick last year and that Anna Marie said she, you know, chose not to share it and wanted to compartmentalize. And I get that. I, I think that that is a, a valid choice to make. I mean, when I'm talking about things that you do and don't decide to share on the show, I think if you're if you're just joining us for the first time and your mom is 
potentially dying. I get that that feels like something that you want to keep private. But I I couldn't help but have the feeling that I think if we had had a little bit more of a 360 picture of Anna Marie's life over the course of the season, I think the reception to her would have been different. And it felt like she came in so hot coming for Sutton and talking about her esophagus over and over again with kind of no back end of who she was as a person. And I'm not saying she would have been a fan favorite necessarily if we knew that she that her mom was sick because, I mean, first of all, that's a little bit gross, but just I think it would have allowed us to feel like she was a fully formed presence within the show rather than just this kind of filling this role within the group that I don't know if it really needed to be filled. So yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Anna Marie had not the worst performance on this part of the reunion, but at the same time, I think that she is, she does a really bad job at communicating what she means. And maybe, maybe she doesn't know what she means. Maybe she kind of has lost the plot to a point where there is no right way to explain it. But when she and Crystal are going back and forth about the difference between an anesthesiologist and a a nurse anesthetist, and she tries to take us back to the Civil War, when she's like, actually, if you go back to the 1860s, nurse anesthetists were the first ones to do the field of anesthesia. And so, you know, there's a lot of whatever. It's like, you have misunderstood the issue here. Because at the end of the day, she she keeps bringing up the politics between anesthesiologists and nurse anesthetists and, you know, there, there's a different thing and it's, it's always been this way and blah, 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 blah. That's not why this became an issue. And when she, when she gives Sutton an apology for talking about her esophagus and XYZ, Sutton's like, thanks for the apology, but that's not why I was upset. I was upset because you were talking about me behind my back. You were she was basically calling her a liar when it came to her health situation. She, after she had, you know, established that this wasn't a, a, you know, good conversation to be having, she kept bringing it up. And the thing with Crystal saying that Sutton has an eating disorder, she never really is able to fully just own what she said. Even months later at the reunion, when we've all seen it play out on TV, she kind of, She flips it a little bit and says to Sutton, like, I don't think you have an eating disorder. Crystal doesn't think you have an eating disorder. Nobody does. I promise. It's like, okay, cool. That's great that you are saying that it's not true. But that's different from apologizing for saying it before. And it feels like Anna Marie kind of has this like warped view of like, if I sort of correct the record of something I said before, then that's enough and we just move on. Whereas like the way that Housewives kind of works is like, even if something feels like it's been beat to death and you are sick of talking about it, you have to apologize for it to then be able to move on and argue about the next thing and then apologize for that and so on and so forth until the end of time. We're always in a cycle of arguing and then apologizing. And I think Anna Marie, if she stays for another season, which like, 
she's going to have to get a little bit better at the like, I hear you. You're right. I'm sorry. Let's move on next week. I'll do something else. And then we'll fight about that. Which like, speaking of Dorit, good God. She, I, Dorit just feels like she is so self-serious at this reunion and just kind of humorless in a way that makes it really hard to palette the way that she has dealt with some of these situations in the group and the way the way that she says things and doesn't doesn't kind of think about them and i understand you know she falls back on the like oh well that wasn't my intention you know that i don't blah 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 and it's like right but we're at the reunion people are explaining to you the issues with what you're saying and you got to just like like Andy tells her in these situations, sometimes you just have to say less and and move on. And Dorit just she she can't really do that. And you know the the whole child bride conversation with Crystal, the education thing. There's no real like, there's no way for Dorit to really like be correct in that situation. So you know I I know that there are people who are like, oh, we're making everything about race and Crystal and Garcelle need to do whatever. And it's like, but that's not the issue. The issue is that when when something is pointed out to Dorit like that, she's incapable of just accepting it, apologizing and moving on. And, you know, if that's if that's kind of the the log line from this reunion, then, yeah, maybe maybe it's time for Dorit to be to be moving on to something else. Maybe she can go to London with Pique. Because he's been there for like six months. But I don't know about that. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring mayflowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Let's talk about Miami. 
we sit down to this Miami reunion and we start with a shot of tequila. And Andy says that they were supposed to do a shot of Larsa's tequila. And it didn't show up in time. And I just thought that was real interesting because a couple weeks ago, I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast or if I just posted about it on Instagram and Twitter. I did a little deep dive when they were in Mexico at the tequila tasting and Lars has given out those diamond necklaces of her ugly ass tequila logo. This tequila brand does not exist. There's no photos of of a bottle anywhere online. There's no place to purchase. Larsa doesn't post about it on her social medias. There's no Instagram for the company. There's like one of the investors has a page for it on his website that like doesn't link out to anywhere. This tequila, as far as I can figure out, has never been like released. And so when Andy's like... We were planning to drink the tequila this morning, but the tequila has not arrived. I'm like, yeah, it hasn't arrived because it doesn't exist. And Lars is like, it'll be here in a minute. Of course, we never hear about that again. They go to lunch. They come back. There's no tequila. This is my this is my conspiracy theory. This is my this is my where is Kate Middleton? Where is Larsa Pippin's tequila? If we don't see a bottle of this tequila by the end of the reunion, it's over. It's over. Aluho, Aluha is that, I think that's what it's called. No, it's not happening. We're not getting the tequila. <laughs> Baby, there's no plane. <laughs> ah, but they've been looking at diamonds. You know, she's really excited. She's decided she's going to stop talking about her sex life because it makes her family uncomfortable. It's like, okay, great. I, I did really laugh at when... Lisa starts like piping up to defend Larsa's sex life or whatever. And Gertie's just going, Gertie's just over on the other couch being like, okay, mascot, go off mascot. Uh-huh, mascot. Calling Lisa mascot when she's defending Larsa is so funny to me. Cause it's just you know that it is gonna get under Lisa's skin like nothing else. And we haven't even really gotten into this part. We don't get very much Lisa at all. Clearly, that's being saved for for a little bit later in the reunion. But I have a feeling that when we get there, it's not going to be the easiest uh, time for Lisa. I think she's I think she's going to have some feelings by the end of this reunion. But we got a lot a lot of Larsa in this part. Larsa, I I do feel like she kind of has the main character energy of this cast in a way. There's a lot of people, a lot of big personalities, but so many of the disagreements and the issues and the conflicts and the conversations sort of hinge on Larsa, whether it's uh, her issues with Kiki and her saying she was hurt by seeing Kiki's confessionals and that she was a horrible friend. And, you know, Kiki, of course, says that Larsa was a horrible friend. And, you know, they're talking about that. And then Gertie kind of pops in to say that the real issue with Larsa is that she has a hard face, but she's very sensitive and that she plays checkers and every little thing has a consequence and she can dish it out, but she can't take it, which I think Marisol points out that pretty much everyone in this group falls under the category of can dish it out, but can't take it. But then it comes back to, you know, there's stuff with Larsa and Julia because, you know, Marcus com- has a comparison. And then, you know, Adriana has has stuff. And then Alexia and Larsa are fighting at the end. 
there there's a lot of Larsa. And I think that Larsa is somebody who, I don't know if this is sort of on accident or if she is kind of a, a low-key genius, but she's really good at, at keeping the conversation on her, whether it's sort of like directly about her or she's involved somehow or I don't know. It's it's kind of fascinating to watch. Um, but I, Kiki and Larsa are able to sort of, I think they get to an, an okay point. Kiki apologizes for saying some mean things. Larsa says that their problem is surfacy and not real issues. So I think they're going to move forward. That's maybe the only real resolution we get in this part of the reunion. Um, I also just had to laugh when the the Michael Jordan video comes up. And uh, first of all, Julia compares it to her dating Chris Everett's son, which I just, LOL. And Larsa, Larsa's whole explanation for why her dating Michael Jordan's son isn't weird is her just being like, well, you know, the basketball world is really small, Andy. Like, you know, I, you know, my kids play basketball and I'm spending time around, you know, coaches and players and, and managers. And so, you know, like it's, it's just like a small world. It's like, I mean, yeah. Okay. Like <laughs> Basketball, I feel like is a small world in the sense that there aren't that many basketball players when you compare to like the global population, but it's not a small world in the sense that like the only person I could end up dating is my ex-husband's former co-worker's son. Like be, be for real. Also, you don't have to date somebody who plays basketball or played basketball or I, I don't know, but they're selling their condo. You know, they need a bigger house because because Marcus has a lot of Jordans and she has a lot of clothes. And uh, I, I wish I wish them all the best. The Todd and Alexia stuff is it's a little weird, though, because I I feel like the Todd and Alexia storyline on this season was a little bit of a false start because the season started out, the first group event of the season was Alexia's New Horizons party that Todd chose not to go to, allegedly because Adriana was going to be there, but then really because people were going to be talking about this apology video and he just like, I don't know, he like didn't want to go. And it felt like the, at the beginning of the season, it really seemed like there was something that we were going to uncover in a way about Alexia and Todd's relationship. Adriana was digging. He said that Todd made a comment about how they've got, you know, marital issues or whatever. There was this finance stuff that seemed to be peeking to the surface when Anna came to the Mother's Day fiasco brunch. But then at the toward the end of the season, we kind of stopped talking about Alexia's marriage. There wasn't really ever any big reveal there was the whole thing with them moving, like the the idea that maybe something was weird with that. Alexia brings her lease to the reunion to, I don't know, proof that she pays her rent every month. Like, I don't know really what's going on there. But all that to say that now we're talking about Todd and Alexia at the reunion, and it still really feels like I don't know what exactly we're talking about. Like, Adriana just wants to talk about Todd and Alexia because she wants to talk about Todd and Alexia. But it doesn't really feel like we're going to arrive anywhere. You know, they're still talking about why he didn't come to this party at the beginning of the season and uh, why Adriana was invited. And she's like, well, I was invited because it's your job to invite everyone to the party. The hubris, the hubris, the hubris. I'm like, 
I love it. I do love Adriana, but I think at a reunion, she just she's at a 12 out of 10 the entire time. And standing up and delivering that poem about being stars, it's like, it's a little much. And he's like, what is going on? He's like, that was a lovely poem. Why? <laughs> like the letter, for, the letter last season from Marisol's liver asking for help. Look, that was stunty, but it was like also pretty funny. The poem, I'm just like, girl, we have other stuff to cover. There, there are nine of you. All nine of them are out there the whole time. I did love that detail, by the way. All the friends of are, are out there from the beginning. We don't get like a weird like, okay, now Kiki's here. They're all there, which I love. But that means that we don't have time for this poem. And then there's this whole conversation about who's a liar and everybody's a liar. And, uh, you know, Larsa kind of gets pinned as the liar. Gertie says that Larsa lied about her Um you know, not knowing that she wasn't supposed to share the information about her cancer, which I think is pretty cut and dry that Larsa did, did in fact lie about that, even if she wants to say that it was, you know, a misunderstanding or something. But then there's this weird story that Nicole brings up that she says Larsa called Alexia after her wedding and threatened that if Alexia wasn't a good friend, it didn't have her back in her fight with Lisa, that she would share some story or there was some story bubbling around about people doing drugs at Alexia's wedding. And this feels like it comes so out of left field. Maybe I don't know if this was in the tabloids or something that I missed, but I was like, wait, 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 sorry, what? Like, <laughs> We're talking about Alexia's wedding from like two years ago that people were like, maybe, I don't, I don't know, like, were people doing coke in your bath? Like, wh what are we talking about? Also, like, not to be like, yay, everybody do drugs on the podcast this week, but similar to what I was talking about with Andy Cohen, it's like, kind of who cares? I, I just, I, I don't know. It's very weird. And, you know, Larsa and Alexia don't seem to really want to get that far into it. But then they go backstage during lunch and they, they're talking again and they start rehashing it. And it's just this, this whole thing. And I guess I'm I'm curious to see kind of like where where it goes next episode because to me it's one of these things where I'm like okay first of all this came out of left field second of all I don't really I guess Larsa's mad at the the allegation that she threatens people and that she you know makes these demands of her friends but it's just like okay I guess I mean I think they all are everybody's like a little bit shady. You're on Housewives. And this is not a house this is not a Housewives franchise where people are just kind of there to be glamorous and not really going to going to throw punches. Like it's real Housewives of Miami. Everybody everybody's got their hands in the pot. Everybody's working hard. And I'm so thankful, but also I'm like what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> I have a lot of unresolved questions. I mean, I guess part two is like literally tonight. I don't, I can't even keep track. We got Summer House. We've got Traitors. So much happening. The, um, Andy and Candace and Wendy are on the Kelly Clarkson show today, which I went to the taping for last week. So that's, that's fun if you're, if you somehow don't have enough stuff to watch. But I, I don't know. There's a lot. 
But we'll be back next week to talk about more of it. And until then, thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, you know, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.